Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. I am Susan Harmon and today my guest is an old friend, Olivia Hart. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things. I'm going to get started with that any moment now. But first I'd like to say, hey Eric, my man, how are you doing today? Hey, happy Friday, Susan. I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm good, and I know that you look forward to Friday because you get to talk to me. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. That's it. Not that it's the end of your work week. Yeah, it's just frosting (laughs) on the cake. Frosting on the cake. We, um, my goodness, you know, the last three and a half years, we've, uh, we've had less variety on our show than we did the four years prior to that, (laughs) um, because every day we are... I don't want to use the word entertained, uh, astounded, uh, like, oh, my goodness, not more of this uh, from uh, the White House. Um, But it just doesn't ever stop, does it? Right. (laughs) It just just keeps going. Um, I did want to insert just a a little good news that could actually be long-term good news if we handle this properly. Now we definitely need good news. Good news is good news. Yeah, it's good news is a good thing, baby. Um, COVID nineteen. First of all, I just want a little disclaimer here. No, it is not a plot to take your liberties away. You know, as as we mentioned uh, previously on this show, um, the whole world would be have to be in on it if it was just here to get the United States citizens to have their liberties taken away from them because every other country's in on the plot. Anyway, um, there's, there's a lot with that. But one of the good things about COVID-19, and I, for one, say when everyone, well, I want it to go back the way it was. I don't want it to go back to the way it was. I don't think it worked for most of us. I don't think... The economy, uh, a, a fascist economy, is corporations and government combined, and I don't think that benefits us. Uh, we haven't been a democracy for a while because we have combined corporations and government, and that is not a healthy kind of government for us. That's one thing. But another advantage to COVID-19, now it's not all the cases, it's not all the deaths, that's not the advantage the oceans have quieted down. Now, that may not seem uh, important to human beings because we're completely unaware of what we cause to other life forms that we share this planet with. And I find it fascinating. NPR did a whole thing on uh, the temporary decline in noise pollution uh, due to the pandemic they say, well, it's going to allow the scientists uh, to better understand how it affects whales. And this could bolster efforts calling for better regulation around marine traffic in the future. Um, that's NPR saying this. Uh, it's also NOAA. Uh, NOAA ha- has really had a lot of concerns about the way. Because whales, this is how they communicate over long distances. And with the sounds... you. Know, you know, Eric, I think you and, and probably, hey, Olivia, how are you doing? Let me introduce you first, Olivia Hart. Thank, thank you. I, I would just like to interject briefly here that um, I am an indigenous scholar. I'm African-American and also indigenous. I'm Cheyenne adopted and Choctaw by blood. 
and I happen to have worked on an ORCA task force as an activist with uh, Chief Jesse Nightwalker, who is now deceased by a couple of months. And that was our work for two two years as activists was to show up and be disruptive, but also give that perspective of the importance of ORCAs, who are, by the way, uh, not whales, but um, of the dolphin family. Right, right. Yeah, and the reality is that we are having such a demise of orca populations here in Washington State because of exactly what you're talking about here. And there is a mandate that uh, folks, boat traffic now has to stay at least a minimum of 400 yards away from orcas as a result of some of this important work. But, of course, it didn't go far enough. Oh, we feel near far enough, yeah. We feel the dams need to come down on the Snake River, and then that will restore yes! balance. Yeah, yes. so um, I, I, I just want to shout out to damnsense.org because they've been doing this important work and also uh, hashtag free the snake and you'll learn everything you need to know about um, a lot of important uh, activist groups and agencies that are working very hard to make things a little safer for the orcas and restore our salmon populations here in our sturgeon, which is important to our economies, uh, indigenous yeah, economies. Uh- if you uh, have not had the opportunity to go, that's the Washington and Idaho state border. It's the Snake River. It is some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen around the Snake River. And it's magical. Uh, it's absolutely magical. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to, that I saw this um, online, a, um, it was a map of sound waves around the planet. And those sounds, some of them piercing, this is the reason that whales have beached themselves. They're finding out this is what it is, the sound. If you could hear the sonar and you're not under the water and you hear this piercing noise, imagine what it sounds like under the water, especially if you're a a species that communicates over long distances via, via sound. You're literally having to shout to hear each other, and this horrible sound is assaulting your ears and actually making you crazy. So, yes, it's true. Whales are, they eco or echo locate. I guess that's the way you mm-hmm. say it, mm-hmm. right? And so, like like a bat, you know, sends out a sound by sonar to understand its awareness and where it's at, our whales do similar things. They need to locate their food by sending out their voice and getting that back. Right. And when you can't do that because there's too much noise in the water, mm-hmm. um, you starve. That's right. And this is and this is their type out here. But here's the I'm trying to always look for. Okay, you point out what the problem is. What's the solution? All right, so a possible partial part of the solution could be embarking on green economic recoveries. These prioritize health and well-being of humans, animals, plant life, and the whole planet. So these efforts would call for countries to evaluate every reevaluate every facet of their economies. You know, phasing out environmentally destructive industries and fostering those that are environmentally regenerative. So when, in terms of the ocean, this includes fishing, cruise ships, fossil fuel extraction, oh, hark, uh, 
these would have to be better regulated or downsized and eliminated, according to experts. So a byproduct of this this push would be quieter oceans for whales and other marine creatures. It's not just whales. It's, uh, it's, you know, but I think whales were brought to our attention by the Star Trek movie. What was the name of that one where they had to go back in time and bring the, the whales forward? Um, oh, I remember seeing that. I remember that? Idea. It was a cool <laughs> yeah. movie, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was ahead of its time. Yeah, it was a good movie. Did you see that, Eric? The the what was it? What was that movie called? Where they they went back into the nineteen uh, nineties to to bring these whales forward in time. Anyway, it's a good movie. Yeah, it was the uh, the Voyage Home Star Trek Four. Voyage Home. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. We've got Trekkies and, here. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that I knew Eric could find he can he can find out anything. So speaking of noise, um, I just wanted to mention some other noise coming. Oh, I think everybody will ple- be pleased to know that the president of the United States, Mr. Bunker Boy, uh, can pass a cognitive test that shows he doesn't have Alzheimer's. I I, I just think that's an important thing for us to know. Um, uh, he keeps bragging about this test. On, I know. It seems like he's on um, the things we take. But he failed his psychological evaluation, right? Or something like that. <laughs> what was that piece about the fact that some psychologists got together and determined that he was not fit for presidency? I think exactly. there was some, right, right. some truth to that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. But, but, but the good news is, you yeah. know, he can pass a simple test that kind of tells you if you're if you're in the first stages of Alzheimer's. So, you know, I, I'm going to try to be positive about this. He can remember so four words in a, in a row, and uh, he's been yeah. bragging about that so, ever since. So he's not forgetting the fact that he's actually insulting people on purpose. It's not an accidental thing. It's not Tourette's or anything like that either. Apparently not. Uh, Okay, so um, some of you may know who Stephen Miller is. You know, like, um, uh, what do we call, uh, what's his name was, Bush's Brain. I think that Stephen Miller is is, uh, Trump's brain. Carl Rove was was Bush's Brain and Stephen Miller is Trump's brain. Well, Stephen Miller has an uncle named David Glosser who has not been very happy with uh, Mr. Miller. Um, David's mother who is uh, Stephen Miller's uh, maternal grandmother, recently died due to COVID. Uh, she had, uh, oh, another bird heard from. We, she even had, uh, uh, you know, with COVID it was results because it took a few weeks. But Stephen Miller has come out and said that's a lie. She didn't die from COVID. She recovered from it. She was perfectly fine. She died from old age. And uh, the son <laughs> you of can't die from old age, right? Okay, so yeah, you can. <laughs> you I hope I'm, you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of at that point right now myself. Oh my god, this is so old. Well, that's oh, what they used to say when they couldn't determine an actual <laughs> cause, an actual cause of death. Yes, yes she died. yeah. Like dying of grief when you had depression. That right. was another one. Exactly. Uh-huh. So um, I just find it fascinating. Uh, anyway, I just think that, um, uh, that that we should bring that up because, the you know, we really want to look about the noise, 
the noise cannot drown out the message. Mm. Although those so, birds are trying to make the case that it those can. Those birds are making a case for, <laughs> hey, listen, birds have, can take a position too, you know. Hey, I'm outside right now, and they're listening to the show, and they're enjoying it, but they, they feel they have something to add. <laughs> they're like, yes, go humans, go! go humans. <laughs> Animals have been bolder. They have. Right, right. They have been. Um, my daughter has been having so many visions, and this hawk has been sitting in the tree even through the night outside their apartment. When she comes out at night, the hawk is talking to her, and they're not nocturnal. So, um, well, speaking of, the- of hawks, that is exactly what's going on here. Actually, I just had a hawk fly out of the trees. There I'm you not go. kidding. Yeah, now it's gone, so it's going to get quiet. But okay. the, the hawk's your hunt. I was starting. Yeah, to well, the hawk, was, the hawk was hunting, and the little birds were like, "No, go away!" <laughs> I was starting so, to I... get worried there for a second. I, I know they quiet. were getting. They they got louder, didn't they? If she mm-hmm. was calling from Bodega Bay, I would have been really worried. <laughs> <laughs> That's where so, they filmed uh, the birds for anybody. I, that I understand to, awareness. Get that joke. <laughs> Yeah, you, you had you. to be you had to be over some age to <laughs> understand that. Or a cinephile. But no, yeah, it's cinephile. You are, or at least interested in in old stuff. Um, if you want to experience that, though, if you're ever in in Washington State, the University of Washington's campus, Bothell, the Bothell location, uh-huh. has those birds descending, just like in the movie The Birds. I am not kidding, except for minus the attacks on human beings, but it will feel like that. <laughs> It'll um, feel- yeah, it will. So uh, it's called a murder, right? Murder. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of birds, um, uh, you've all heard of Representative Yoho? Yes. Um, okay, so um, he created a little noise, um, and we're not allowing his noise to drown out the real message. I just love that AOC took to the floor with his non-apology. It was so insulting that he thought he could just get up there and my God and country, you know, a God and my country and I'm a great guy. And, and, and they misunderstood what I said. I don't think there was any misunderstanding at all. You were pretty clear about what you called, uh, you know, another representative in Congress. And her response to you was, that was rude. And you got upset about her calling you rude for calling her names. Right. Particularly the B word, which, I mean, in some parts of the country, women throw down for that sort of thing, which means to get into a physical fight. Yeah. yeah. There's no discussion. Most of us don't throw down, yeah. Yeah. And 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 what I liked is I saw a little clip from, um, what's the show where the women argue with each other all the time? The um, View? The View. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but up until Megan and... and, and uh, Shoot. I don't ever watch this show, okay? What the other woman. Joy? Oh, not what. Joy. Joy started to arguing with each other again. But they all four concurred that we're tired of men talking to us like this. We are. Most men don't do this, to be honest with you. But most men also don't stand up and say something when another man does it. Right. And I think My that son. that. Go ahead. My school of thought is no man uses the B word to a woman. And, and I will tell you, I honestly have ended relationships over that one offense alone. 
it's done. We're done. There's no getting, there's no coming back from that. That's my own personal thought on it as a, a black woman, as an indigenous woman, however you see me, however or you as a me. woman. Um, I have to speak from that vantage point first, because uh, clearly I'm a woman, but I'm also a woman of color. So that does kind of color my lens, especially when you think about in terms of the black community and some of the uh, right. hip hop mu- music and That's some of true. the some of the ways that we call, I mean, I don't even like a woman referring to me in a friendly way as a bit, you know, I don't like that. No, I don't yeah, find that right. that, but that's me, you know, so that might surprise some people to find out that there are some women who find it offensive, even if you use it as an, in a joking way, you're out of here. I don't want, I don't want to hear it on my ears. It's triggering. Well, that's I, me. I, I will guarantee you, I will not um, do that with you. To Thank your you. face, not to your face. <laughs> to my back either. That's funny. I think you know me well enough to know if, if I if if I yeah. say it to your back, I say it to your face. <laughs> you know, you can always use your elder card and get away with a lot of things with me, right? Because there's some I, things absolutely. honestly I'll 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 just look the other way sometimes, okay? But you have to be an elder to evoke that privilege. Exactly, exactly. And it took me a long time to get here. <laughs> right? Yeah. You need to show respect. I think this is about respect. I really do. And I think that the whole idea of, of the elders and all fits into, I mean, Olivia, you and I were talking earlier today and earlier this week about the uh, the reemergence of the great feminine and how women are having to step up and say, wait a minute, you know, this, and this is a prime example uh, oh, yeah. of, we have the youngest woman in Congress, 28 who says, I'm two years younger than, than Representative Yoho's daughter, and he has just given men the the green light, I'm using, that's my word, to mm-hmm. to disrespect his daughters. Right, exactly. Good point. Yeah. Good for her. I love her. Excellent <laughs> point. I mean, beautifully said. And she mm-hmm. says, I'm a daughter too. My father is not alive uh, now, but my mother mm-hmm. is. And she gets to hear him call me, you know, this. And I want to stand up and show them the, the daughter they raised and who I am and that I am not going to be disrespected. She says, he didn't hurt me because men do this all the time every day, but it needs to be called out. I mean, and I'm paraphrasing her words here. So it's undignified. It's undignified behavior from a person in his position also. I mean, he's supposed to be setting some sort of example. And I think... Also, the fact that he took liberties there. He said it under his breath and of anger. He needs some sort of control mechanism, like, to really... <laughs> he needs to realize it's not okay. He needs to wait till he gets Period. inside of his office if this is how he feels. And then, <laughs> with the door closed, you know, uh, vent all you want. But there's a time and place. It's like, I can't say certain words on the air that I will say off the air. Well, for one thing, I'm going to get in big trouble if I do, right? Right. He doesn't seem to think there's any consequences to his actions because the men around him have no consequences to theirs. And there needs to be consequences. And I think that that's starting to happen. I think that everybody, this is the one thing on the view that they they agreed. They said, I think women are just fed up. They're just like, okay, you know what? It's, It's just time to do something else. You know, it is time to do something else. Now, I'm a lot looser than you are. We've established that, Olivia. You know, you, you, we, we talked about um, that there was a demonstrator, uh, I think it was in Portland, I'm not sure, who was naked. 
and you you know you you felt that other people thought you would think that was okay and you didn't and I'm like I don't really care one way or the other but you were talking about wearing you know uh, ankle length you know long ribbon skirts because of dignity of expressing dignity um, I I'm of a slightly different school however. I also, I mean, I have a friend who's a Cherokee medicine woman that lived on Vashon, uh, Vashon Island. And um, uh, Susan, you still there? Okay, so we seem to be having a little bit of a connection issue at the moment. We're going to try uh, just a quick break and we'll get reconnected with Susan. Everybody stay tuned to KKNW. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin the vast institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level if you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Vincent Jenna, celebrity medium and metaphysical teacher who has a lot to say about living spiritually even in the most challenging times. On Saturday, Malia Jacobs shares her philosophy of the good life as she can attest from a wealth of experience. Undergoing leads to overcoming. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. I think it was the birds myself. Uh, welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, uh, where I'm here with Olivia Hart and, of course, my man, Eric. Yes, the birds crashed into our windows. <laughs> it's that hawk medicine. you got to watch out. And crashed our computer. Don't know what happened, but uh, so glad to have you both reconnected here. Yeah, I was talking away. Olivia left, and then the next thing I knew, I left. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, well, What's I- happening? That was I have wild. No idea. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. So I I don't know what got out on the air and what didn't. Um, I think we were we were talking about AOC and Representative yep. Yo, yep. and then I talked about you know the noise 
uh, not drowning out the message, and then yep. uh, the message got drowned out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, disappeared. hello. <laughs> so one of the things um, that, uh, you know, we, we talked, I, I actually had one a, a little bit. I know we did a, I can get a witness instead of, uh, you know, the song I was looking for. Um, but you, you are working under pretty difficult circumstances there when the computer doesn't do its thing. Plus, honestly, we're all witnesses right now. We all have the benefit yes. who's listening to being alive at this time in one of the most incredible times in human history, right? So I, I think it it's a very is. appropriate song, I totally actually. agree. And 2020... We're seeing with clear vision, the corruption is right out there. And if you can't see the corruption at this point, you ain't never going to see it. Hello. So it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. Um, and one of the things I was noticing about what's going on in Portland uh, and uh, starting to happen in Chicago and Albuquerque and St. Louis and uh, other places uh, is the new, this new move part of the movement called the wall of mothers of the wall of moms the wall of moms and for those of you who didn't hear uh the the moms singing the linking arm uh standing between the demonstrators and the federal um thugs uh you know linking arms and singing uh arms up please don't shoot me in a lullaby form instead of a chant uh, to hear the women's voices and I'm seeing one of the things I'm seeing, one of the interviews they're talking about, well, their biggest concern with a, with a lot of the women is they don't want to drown out, again, we're talking about voices, don't want to drown out the message, you know, of Black Lives Matter. But when uh, Floyd's last words were, Mama, calling on his mother, Mama, mm -hmm. that's serious, that's serious, and, and, I, it, and it brought to me too in the uh, Private Ryan in the movie the men on the uh, battlefield dying call out for their mothers boys on football teams do the same thing when they're hurt um, it's a Mama. reaction yes mm -hmm. or when Mama. they're really Mama. or when they're by their mother and really uh, really frightened I mean I've had my son do that one night just to kind of change not to steal the narrative but change the mood a little bit here because I want to recognize your pain um, you know, as a mother, as a woman, uh, we feel this when our children are, are hurt or in potential danger. And I really uh, respect the fact that you're speaking to this. I know I know one night my son and I were walking across a bridge locally in Washington State and we did see Sasquatch. And I'm telling you, my son, who was yeah. a 16 year old um, state wrestling champ, undefeated for three years, he said, Mama, Mama. And I said, I see him. I see him. He said, I think we should cross the other side of the road. I mean, <laughs> that is a true story. And that's because no. my son had never talked to me at 16. He wasn't saying mama like he was a baby. No. You know, but that's that bond that's between that mother bond. and child. Yeah. And so the wall of moms growing every day. Um, and I like this. There was a 37-year-old mom. Uh, she's an attorney in Beaverton. Her name is Jennifer Christensen. And uh, she was arrested with no charges, uh, accused of, she said she, she never hit anybody, but uh, this officer said, that's the one that hit me and kept all, you know, all night and never charged. And then finally, she had a sheriff tell her after they took her to the county and, and, and then finally told her what the charge was, assault of a federal officer, uh, which is ridiculous. But of course, 
this is what they're doing. They're like, well, we'll take these women down. It'll be easy. Well, it's not so easy. But what she said was, and I love this, if it takes a tiny little rainbow-wearing white lady to bring attention to this problem for the immigrant community for, for um, I can't read my own writing, for, a, that it's been a, 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 for this problem for the immigrant com- community for a while, so be it. So when you look at the moms, yes, you predominantly have white suburban women who weren't doing this pr- previously, who are now and saying, look, we need to get involved. Yeah, it's scary to go and do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And if you combine the wall of moms with um, dads with leaf blowers, you know, right? Someone finally down. found a good use for a leaf blower. Leaf blower, I know. <laughs> Normally, they're I hate so, those, but they're uh, so annoying. It was uh, it was very smart. I got to admit of them. That's brilliant. Yeah. Smart dads using the technology for a good purpose yeah. instead of just making noise at seven o'clock in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So blowing some leaves. But around. also, also the, the the reasoning behind having a wall of moms that just happen to be white allied women predominantly is that when officers arrive to a scene and they see a black male or black female or another person of color. It's commonly known in activist community that the officers are going to go for the people of color first. That's right. And then and then the highest percentage of the worst case scenarios happen to people of color when they're jailed, booked, and everything. So everything I tell you, by the way, is going to have something I can refer to, but to save time, I'm not going to st- to state to you, oh, go look at this paper article. Go look at this peer-reviewed research, whatever. If you want to know more about that, I'm available, and we'll talk about that later. Okay, but right now, I just want to insert right now, because we had our little technical difficulties, uh, we need for you to give the audience how to have that one-on-one with you, how to contact you, because you are a fund of important information. You you are a really good resource. I appreciate that thought. Um, I think the best way for everyone to contact me is this email. It's CheyenneThunder911 at gmail.com. And that's Cheyenne, Cheyenne, like the tribe, C-H-E-Y-E, N as a Nancy, N as a Nancy, E, Cheyenne. I hope I spelled that right. (laughs) Thunder911, like emergency, right? Right, right. And that's deliberate. That's a deliberate... uh, a deliberate, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Use of the word. Yeah, and also I do a lot of uh, hashtagging under Sage the World. So hashtag Sage the World. And that's generally articles that I'm reading or because um, I like to talk about health. I like to talk about food security and other matters as well. But um, as far as the activism goes, I really do appreciate anyone who's stepping forward with really cool hashtags like the moms here um, mm-hmm. that you frankly told me about. I didn't know know about the wall of moms Uh even though I have like another organization that I'm, I'm putting together for women that are definitely not going to be sending their kids back to school. I think we're all going to get to that point where we go, no, we're not. Doing and that. we can change the way we do education. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to go back to lesson plans and all that malarkey. Mm-hmm. I, boy, I just edited what I was originally going to say. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that man, the great feminine is arising and women are going to 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 lead the way and we have to but we have to remember for instance in our country 
Women did not get the vote unless there were men helping them. So never turn your back on an ally. Don't say, well, you haven't been in this fight long enough. You're not entitled. Anyone who is your ally is your friend and honor that, period. The other thing for me that's that's so important with with the the whole idea of allies is the fact of the matter is the one of the things that keeps us all down is separating from each other. Oh, unity is definitely the the reality of what we need, and the fact remains as long as we're separated from one another, we don't know what's going on in my brother's camp. I don't know what's going on. with the immigration reform issues and exactly. um, the Hispanic community and uh, border crossings. I don't know if I'm not on the border. I am not aware. And I'm only on Facebook with my limited amount of friends, only talking about the same things every day. You have to reach out across uh, to other communities and other states. It's really important. It, it totally is because if we don't do that, we we miss so much, and I think it's important that we that we pay attention to all the things and don't re- reject anybody. You know, I this there was a, a book called Blink that was on the uh, by the author of The Tipping Point by Malcolm right. Gladwell. It was on right. the New York bestsellers list, and I really think it's an excellent book because it it actually references uh, Amadou Diallo. You know his his being attacked by the police and sodomized. I don't know if you guys remember that case. Yes, I do. And uh, that people didn't want to believe that the cops were abducting people and actually sodomizing them with broomsticks, which is a very Uh, heinous, uh, sadistic. I mean, we could come up with a long list of inappropriate behaviors and and why people don't trust the police. And I think what's happening is there are a lot of folks that don't can't even imagine or don't even remember that these types of things have happened. And they're not as isolated as we'd like to believe. Every mother with children of color, especially boys, has to raise them from the time they're little to be ultra careful around the police. Not just like a a cautionary tale of, oh, you know, if you get pulled over, son, don't worry. All you have to do is show them your credentials and everything is going to be Jolly Roger just fine. That's not true. If you're black in America and you get pulled over by the officers, there's a legitimate fear and there's a triggering behavior because there's a lack of communication and a lack of communication happens because if you're not a white guy who's been around black people, and I'm not just talking about, oh, he's, I've got friends that are black. I'm talking oh, about, no, like, no, you know, don't do that. Exactly. I'm talking about like really understanding, being in relation, having a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, supporting your black businesses, um, getting your haircut in a black barbershop. That's a bold one. That's a totally different. <laughs> oh, you know, and, 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 and yeah. seriously, with women, I am. I used to always say to my black girlfriends, you know what? I'm so glad I'm white just for going to the beauty shop. I can go in, get my hair done, go home. I don't spend all day there. You no, know? you're not going to be mean? walking into a, a, a beauty salon, a black beauty right, salon. Right. And, and it's about socializing. It's about exactly. being there. And exactly. you better show up and get your hair done. I get that. I, I went through that phase in my life. I no longer do that. My hair is natural. But <laughs> I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have to do that. And I mean, I'm just playing yeah. out front. Yeah, I am happy I don't have to do that. Um, you know, my we, we, we've talked about different people's experiences. And, and yeah. my first experiences with racism were when I was a child. You know, and uh, one was in Japan when I was a little girl, and uh, we were the only non-Japanese in the town where we lived. And, uh, you know, I had all my playmates. We played. We had a great time. And then there was an American family that moved in, and I was all excited. I'm going to get to see some Americans, you know. 
And we went down there, and the American kids were throwing rocks at my friends and calling them gooks. Oh, my goodness. I never heard that word. And I went home to my mother, and I said, Mommy, what, what, and I knew it was bad because of, you know what I mean? The way Feelings the energy, got hurt. The energy. Feelings got hurt. Yeah. Right. And uh, she said, where did you hear that? And I told her, and she was so good about the way she did it. She said, well, honey, there are some people who have to say negative things about another person to make themselves feel better. You know, you don't have to be one of those people because, you know, you're seeing your friends the way they are as your friends. You know, it 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 helped relieve the angst I was feeling. It put it in perspective and I and and was because it was really disappointing to me that I was excited about seeing some American kids. And I realized I didn't like them. (laughs) Well, you know, believe it or not. You got traumatized in that situation. I did. I did. And that's a problem. And your mom, being a mom, you know, wall of moms, protective moms, mother bears, we're always yeah. trying to do what we do best, which is to nurture you. Our job and our, our responsibilities, we're the first teacher. So as first teachers, as first nurse, as first everything, uh, she had to take that teaching moment and do the best that she could in that situation. But and how next- sad. It was sad, but the next time was in Arkansas. And uh, our maid, who was black, uh, was going to drive ride with us to St. Louis from Arkansas. And we stopped to get gas in this little place. And my brother and sister and I were in the back seat. And my mother and uh, uh, Ruth were in the front seat. And this guy was standing over our gas tank with a cigarette and talking about end lovers. And uh, that word that AOC was called, you know, uh, and, you know, and just really and threatening basically to drop his cigarette in our gas tank. And worse yet, this man didn't care any about the fact that there were children there. There were three children in the back seat who would who would have died in that car because there's no way we could have gotten out. My mother stayed calm, which was really amazing. And uh, but I remember and and Ruth was just terrified. She was sitting there with her head down. And, you know, I'm an empath. So it was, you know, all of these things, these emotions were going through me. And when we drove off and I looked out the back window and he was, you know, flipping us off. I can't tell you the relief I felt that we had escaped that with our lives. Oh, indeed. I think a lot of people don't understand how white supremacy works. Uh, if you're with, if you're riding with folks that believe in white supremacy and the moment, even as a white person, yeah. if they know that That's as not. a white person, you are an allyship with people of color. You are in danger yourself. You're not going to be set apart and saved. You're going to be harmed in the same way. And I think right. uh, plenty of things in history will, will, will show us that that is in fact the case. So my my life experiences are a little bit different than some other people's. Of course. But everybody is. And that's what the beauty of it is. We all come to the table, whatever, how big or how small that table is, with our own individual life experiences. And if we can take those and use them to have empathy and identify with each other and find ways to make that connection, that incredible incredible life network connection with 
with every other human, every other animal, like the hawk this morning on that. Do you know what I mean? And the little birds and, and everything, everything that lives, the planet itself, you know, life itself, making those connections. You know what? We're not going to have these problems. I think it's really important that you're recognizing awareness is key to everything. Yes. 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 And, and, and learning to become aware uh, of those around you and, and see it from another perspective. Because for me, I don't want to be on a committee with everyone who thinks like me. I want to learn something. Do you know what I mean? I want you there with your experience telling me like, I'm like, really? That's what you, that's what happened with you? Wow. That's, you know what I mean? And this is how you handled it? I am so impressed, you know. <laughs> I think the important of these dialogues is that we end up having a clear vision and a, a more renewed focus when we're together in groups. The whole idea of talking in a group circle is so that everyone feels equality and the ability to contribute and that not one person's idea is considered better than the other just because it's they're the one wearing a war bonnet. They're the chief. No, everybody yeah. is contributing. And sometimes the wisest solution comes from the smallest and the, the, the youngest in the group, sometimes the oldest. But the wisdom, the real wisdom is in the ability to sit and listen to one another. Well, I know in the Seneca tradition, um, I don't know everybody's, but the warriors never went to war without consulting the Council of Wise Women. That's fairly common in most matriarchal societies that mm -hmm. the women were the ones who were the deciders as to whether or not someone would go to war. And the reasons for that are many. Uh, for starters, we're the birth and life givers. So, you know, for a mother to break a bond with her child over death because he's a warrior and he went out and got shot. Well, you know, when his body comes back, we have to prepare that. And that's a very um, deep wound that never goes away. And the same thing is true for uh, our relationships to our men, you know, um, the reasons why we, we engage in warfare have to be thought out very carefully. And did you know that the drum, the hand drum, was invented by women to keep men from fighting? Uh, I didn't but know it was invented drum? to keep men from fighting. Yep. Oh, tell me, and tell a, me more. That's and cool. And a hand drum is a shield. So I am a, an indigenous drummer. I do drum uh, by hand drum as well, and I make drums, whatever, and I teach that. In some, in some settings, I'm not permitted to carry a drum, and that doesn't mean that... I'm being slapped, you know, aside, like, uh, for example, in Cheyenne territory at a Sundance, I'm not ever going to be needing a hand drum or striking a drum because I have my men who are going to do that for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not that we're, I'm better or they're better than me. Cause a lot of male drummers, frankly, aren't better than I am. That's not the <laughs> point. Okay. It comes down to practice and whether or not you've got some rhythm and if and you're and we're also praying with our hand drums. So understand that you may be asking a hand drummer to sing for you as entertainment, but really what they're doing is invoking a prayer and the proper response is to stand up, to be very quiet, not to talk, and to give that your utmost attention. Uh, because the spirit um, through the prayer is being brought into that space. And so that's just a couple of things that kind of you had me thinking about when it comes to the thought that we get into before we decide to wage a war in matriarchal societies. And, and it is a prophesized fact that um, the matriarchies or our 
are here. They are already here. Uh, well, <laughs> that yeah. This world is upside down unless women are doing the matriarchal work. That's important. And Absolutely it. true. Uh, but the Scottish, too, and the Irish, you know, the clans, the clans always consulted with the women before they did anything. The women were the deciders there as well. So what that tells us is that our Scots and our Irish people, who, by the way, have great relationships. Um, I mean, we have the story of the Cherokee Nation during the p- potato fam- famine, sending money over to the Irish and the Irish mm-hmm. returning the favor uh you know, during this pandemic, not only to, I believe, the Cherokee Nation, but the Navajo Nation as well. So there's been that mutual respect because indigenous communities don't just exist in the, what what most people call United States of America, which is really Turtle Island. Right, right. (laughs) There are indigenous communities all throughout the world. And ironically, even in places like Russia or Japan, they've ended up in reservations. Okay, so there is a fear of the unknown, which is really the most known, the people who are original to the land, who understand the plants, who understand the animals, and have well, that it, medicine that scares people, right? But it can ma- save us. And the Maori in New Zealand, you know? Uh, I mean, you know, it, the, the whole, the fact of the matter is what people, I think one of the reasons that, like 10, now this is very rough stats, so don't anyone jump down my throat, but It's a conversation. Roughly, yeah, roughly 10% of the world population is white and roughly 10% of the world population is black. The other 80% is brown. So there's this this thing like, well, we're on top now, we don't want to leave and blah, blah, blah. But this, it, there's an unconscious knowledge that, listen, you're a real minority. You need to start chilling. And they're like, no, no, nope, 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 not going to do it. And it's like, well, you're going to have to do it one way or the other, because that's just the way it's going to happen. I mean, you know, you, you You know, I find that it's interesting because you're making those natural connections like the Maori. They refer to themselves as black and their soccer team is called the Maori All Blacks. And the Maori actually are related to Hawaiians and Hawaii. Right. Yes, yes. Polynesia, so, too. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then that goes to Taiwan as well. So, yes. Exactly. So what we're recognizing is the fact that, you know, at some point in time, you have to honor everybody's beginning stories and origin stories. But this idea of how black am I. Very similar. The idea of how black am I, how white am I, and how uh, colonizer influence has come in to push the idea that black is bad and we don't want black people here has actually created more violence against people of color who are black and there's an importance to delineate you know when you're saying person of color who are you talking about you talking about black people are you talking about hispanic people are you talking about indigenous people because we all need a better education as to who it is is having the problem in their community and basically do that unity piece and back them up i totally agree um yeah we uh we have to start remembering we really are there are more differences between lemurs on the north end of Madagascar Island and the south end of Madagascar Island than all human beings everywhere on the planet. That's interesting. Yeah. So you so, think about, we yeah, are one species. Yeah, we're a human race. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all humans. So one thing I find offensive, I don't like people to refer to me as being biracial or multiracial. That's ridiculous to me. I'm one I race. Think you're just, I think you're just one gorgeous woman. That's all you are, darling. I'm a human being. <laughs> That's right. That's what I am. You're being human. 
all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best we can from one day to the next. And uh, that was the best advice my mother ever gave me, though, was I was like, oh, my. My daughter was a teenager and I was, ah, you know, <laughs> and, and she said, honey, just do the best you can. And that's all you can do. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My grandmother, who's a descendant of slaves in Georgia, she used to say, if you're going to be a bum, be the best bum. If you're going to be a thief, be the best thief. But whatever you are, you be the best at what you are. Exactly, exactly. You know, just do... do, and, And then I realized what is my best today may look very different than what my best was yesterday and what my best will be tomorrow. True. It's important not to be too hard on yourself. No, let it go. And some days you just need to take a nap, you know? (laughs) Red Spider Woman, who is my auntie and one of the 13 indigenous grandmas, and she um, now is working on her own. She's the one who said, don't be too hard on yourself. We, We tend to judge ourselves very harshly. And I think it's important to be gentle with ourselves. We're always learning, you know. I'm 54. I'm still learning. It's okay. Well, I'm a little older, and I'm still learning. Not a lot older. I, I gave up doing age because of all of the baggage it carries. Mm. I was like, you know, why yeah. should I judge my life by how many times the planet Earth has revolved around the sun? That has nothing to do with I'm just living, and I, and I am who I am. And if you can't accept me just the way I am, that's your problem, not mine. Oh, yeah. So that. Yeah, that's kind of where I am with it. This is me. I'm just me. You know, and all I ever wanted was just to be me. It's a great line and a really good song. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it in my head now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, which, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I think that it is important for us to go through life, you know, loving each other, loving the planet, spending as much time as we can uh listening to each other don't spend as much i mean you and i are both talkers definitely and we've talked over each other on more than one occasion absolutely (laughs) we've done really good today i'm actually kind of proud of us (laughs) you know interrupting sometimes is considered rudeness and in other in other venues or in other settings it's considered uh appropriate so it just depends you have to depends on where you are yeah exactly Thank you so much for do, doing this. Give you, give us your uh, email address just really quickly one more time. Yeah, you can reach out to me at CheyenneThunder911 at gmail.com. And I'd love to talk to you guys about a safety protocol for your individual plan to beat COVID-19. Thank you very much. Have a great day, folks. Thank you. <laughs>